when we do big gear work, you want to be feeling yourself building strength. The feeling isn't high heart rate, like, oh my God, I'm working so hard, but it should almost feel like your legs are filling up with blood and they're, when we're doing the real big gear work at like 50 to 55 cadence, you feel like your legs are almost gonna explode. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the podcast, Siri covers hill climbing on the bike and big gear work, descending, and also the power of being present in the moment, if that's in training or in life. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, if you're a club member, you can join these chats live every week on Facebook. And if you're not a member, you can join up any time by going to TeamSiriusTriClub.com. Hey everybody, it's Siri. Welcome to the live chat. Uh, Beck will not be getting on today, so you're stuck with just me. And hopefully I can answer all your questions. Um, so I was looking at some of the questions that were on our site today, and one of them was climbing hills. Um, as you know, we are huge fans of big gear work on the bike. Hi there. I can't, oh my God, I need my glasses, hold on. Um, I can't see who it is because I have terrible eyes, but I think it's Janet. Hi, Janet, hi, Ma I am C. Hi, Megan, yay! Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. This is awesome. So it's just me tonight, guys. I will try and do my best um, on my own without my beautiful wife. Um, we were in Los Angeles uh, this past weekend um, having an amazing time. I was working at Tony Robbins Global Youth Leadership Summit, an event that's so close to my heart. It's kids from like 12 to 16. And for me, I know that that time in my life was one of the hardest times for me. Um, a time with a lot of uncertainty and dealing with a lot of self-doubt and anxiety and fear. And this event was just absolutely brilliant. Um, helping kids uh, at that time in their lives and giving them such incredible tools and strategies for happiness and success and um, just managing those tough times in your life and also being able to tap into your full potential. So it was a true honor and privilege to be able to work with these kids. Uh, it was just amazing. Um, so back to the hill climbing. Um, as you know, here at Team Sirius, we are big on strength. Uh, my belief is that when you build strength in your legs, whether it be on the swim, the bike, and the run, that strength uh, translates to speed. Speed on race day, speed every day. Uh, so hill climbing, of course, is a huge part of our training. And if you don't have hills where you live, maybe you live in Florida or somewhere super flat, um, you can get that same hill work done by doing big gear work on your wind trainer. And that means adding massive resistance. And at first, if you haven't done a lot of big gear work, you know, you gotta start conservatively. And that may mean going from 80 cadence to 70 cadence, adding enough resistance so that your cadence meter sees you pedaling 
at 70 RPMs. That's the goal. But at enough tension where you're really feeling that muscular effort. Um, when we do big gear work, you want to be feeling yourself building strength. The feeling isn't high heart rate, like, oh my God, I'm working so hard, but it should almost feel like your legs are filling up with blood. And they're, when we're doing the real big gear work at like 50 to 55 cadence, you feel like your legs are almost gonna explode. Um, that's kind of the feeling, but it's not high heart rate. Big gear work is all done low heart rate. Um, but feeling this strong muscular push and really focusing on pushing down on the pedals and pulling up on the pedals so you have power the entire way around the pedal stroke. You also wanna be doing most of your hill climbing and the big gear work in your aero bars. We wanna be building strength in the position that you're going to be racing in. Like, yes, it'll help you to build strength up in, you know, sitting up, but if you really wanna target uh, building strength in the areas that you're going to be using all day on race day, then do it in your race position. That is the key. Hi, Meg Schaefer. Oh my God, so proud of you. I love that three of my athletes are already on right now. That makes me super happy. Lindsay, I know you had an amazing race this weekend. Congratulations. State champion. That's awesome. We had a lot of incredible results this weekend, but for first, first of all, I'm going to finish about the hill climbing. Um, on the hill climbs, um, I know we talk a lot about cadence and if we're talking rolling hills, for example, and I'll never forget back in, God, I think it was maybe 2009 teaching Miranda Carfrey how to time trial. So yes, newbies, it is a thing. You need to learn how to time trial. How do you do that? How do you gear on the race course? How do you know which gears you're meant to be in? Um, that is something that we all need to learn. And through my many years of coaching, I mean, how many years has it been now? From 2003 to now, so 16 years, um, I have found that the most powerful race cadence lies somewhere between 78 to 84 cadence. That's 84 RPMs a minute. So, if you want to learn how to have your best 40K time trial or 20K time trial or 90K time trial, which basically is what a race is, then your goal, the best way to time trial a race course is to only be watching your cadence meter. Because if we know that you ride most powerfully, and this would be over time training this way, if we know that you race most powerfully between 78 and 82 cadence, for example, for Rini, it was between 80 and 84. And so what I told her on this course, it was the quasi course in Connecticut, very rolling, so rolling hills. And, and the struggle was that she would slow down and she didn't really know which gears to be in. So I would said to her, the way you know what gear to be in is as soon as your cadence drops below 80, then you go one gear easier. If you're hitting 86 cadence, then you need to add a gear because it means your cadence is too high. And the goal was to stick to, at that time it was 82 cadence. So all she wanted, she knew that she was gonna put in this hard focused effort in every moment sticking to 82 cadence, period. So that allowed her to know exactly how to gear depending on what it took to get back to that 82 cadence. I hope this makes sense. But basically, no matter what we were faced with on a rolling hill course, 
we were aiming for 82 cadence, knowing that that would be the cadence that she would sit at, at a hard effort that would lead to her fastest time over the 90K distance. I hope this helps. So keeping an eye on your cadence, that's all you need to have your best time trial. Sit at your most powerful cadence in every single moment of the race and you will absolutely nail it. Plus it gives you a focus that's a proactive focus. It's not looking at numbers like, am I good enough or am I not, or am I good enough or not good enough in every moment? That is not an inspiring, empowering place to be in. Yeah, sure it is when you're seeing great numbers that you love, but on a day when maybe you're not hitting the numbers that you expect to hit, um, that can just ruin your whole day. So for your best time trial, sit at your most powerful cadence. And for me, I recommend, depending on your body type, somewhere between 78 and 84 maximum. I wouldn't go any higher. That's gonna be where you're most powerful. And if you train that way, if you build up your strength and you do all your time trialing and all your aerobic rides at that cadence, that's where you're gonna be most powerful and most rhythmic. Um, another question that I saw um, was about mindset and strategy and how to focus your mindset on race day to bring out the best in yourself. And my word that came up when I read that question was presence. And I talk about presence a lot, not just in training and racing, but in your relationships and in your life. Because if in any given moment, whether you're at work or you're with your partner or you're with your kids, if you're not present, if you're thinking about everything else that you should be doing while you're doing your bike trainer session, and you're thinking about, oh, I gotta do this, and I've gotta go to the grocery store, and I gotta pick up my kids. What you're producing on the bike will be far less than your best. So if you have one hour to be on your turbo to do your training session, be there one million percent. Everything else needs to take a back seat because when you are fully present in the moment, you are giving all of yourself to whatever it is you're doing. So if we're talking about doing a bike session or we're talking about being in a race and you are fully present, that means that in every moment you are only focused on what you're doing right there. You'll be thinking about pushing down and pulling up on the pedals. You'll be thinking about, you know, transferring power from your upper body while you hold onto the bars through your core into your legs, adding even more power. You'll be thinking about pushing through your big toe, which is gonna activate your glutes. You'll be thinking about drinking so that you stay hydrated. You'll be thinking about taking in calories so you have consistent energy. You will be completely proactive when you are present, okay? Same thing goes if you think about it. You're on a date with your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Now, if you're checking your phone or thinking about you know something else you need to do tomorrow, the energy that you're giving your partner is far less than your best. You want to have a wonderful relationship, a wonderful marriage, wonderful friendships. You can't be 75% there. You need to go all in 100%. In the beginning of any relationship, we are all in. We'll do anything for that other person, anything at all. And that's why the relationship is so spectacular in the beginning. But the thing is that every relationship, every friendship could be just as great as it was in the beginning if you do exactly what you did in the beginning still to this day. If you offer that kind of presence, that kind of giving, and anything you do, any relationship, you should be going in to give 
not to get. If you go in to give, trust me, you will get more than you ever hoped for. But presence is everything, okay? Another thing about presence in a race or in a training session, if you spend any time in the past comparing yourself to your past performance, or I used to be so much faster, or I used to be so much fitter, or you're in the present, I wish I could be this fast. I wish I could be that strong. I wish I could be up at the front of the race. If you're in the past or the present comparing yourself to either who you used to be or who you wish you were, that is taking away from the power you are putting into that moment. That is not being present. Being present is being in the present. And being present is a gift because you will be tapping into every ounce of power you have inside of you. And that is the key. So mindset strategy, be present. You focus on that, number one, it's such a simple thing. It's hard and you've got to discipline your mind, discipline your thoughts, but that will lead to the most enormous progress in every area of your life. So that's my advice there. Um, as I sit here talking, I'm wondering if I answered enough on the hill climbing question. I don't know that I did. Um, so I want to add just a couple more things. I know one of the big things that um, people don't like about hill climbing is having to come back down and descending scares the crap out of people. It used to scare the crap out of me. During training, I was like a hundred year old coming down the descent. I was so scared. I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to crash. Race day, I decided nothing else matters and I had no fear and I would go as fast as I could. But I know that my being so conservative in my training definitely didn't lead me to being one of the best descenders when it came to race day. Even though I was fearless on race day, I hadn't done the practice at speed to really have the confidence to stay at the front of the race on the downhills. So descending is super important and it's important to practice it. And those of you going off to Nice for the 70.3 World Championships, you know, it's important. Kona, you know, descending in Kona, if you're going to do Kona, coming down from, uh, from the turnaround point, like that's a gnarly descent. It's straight and on a perfect day, it's a dream come true. You just sit towards the back of your seat, all your weight at the back of the seat, stay relaxed in your upper body, get low, be arrow, and go down it. But the problem in Kona is that there are gusty winds that are gonna be blowing you around. And the key is, I know this sounds totally counterintuitive, if you're descending and there's gusts of winds coming, the first thing you wanna do is tense up and hold on tight. And you don't wanna do that. You need to relax, okay? Relax your upper body and the key is keep the torque on the pedals, keep the power on the pedals. You, we kind of wanna freeze in those moments. And when we freeze, you're much more likely to be kind of blown around. So anytime you're descending, whether it's in Kona or in Nice or in training session or in any race anywhere in the world, relax up top, try not to you know, freeze on the bars all tense and keep pedaling, keep torque on the pedals, that is the key. But as you're descending, the main things are keep your weight at the back of the seat so you feel in control. Lift up your inside leg on every turn. So if I'm going to turn left, my left leg is up, okay, always. If I'm gonna turn right, my right leg is up. 
and always, always look where you want to go, not where you don't want to go. And that also has a great impact on our lives as well. If you think all the time about where you don't want to go, you're very likely going to end up right where you don't want to go. But if you spend all your time focusing on where you want to go, not only are you going to end up there, okay, but you're also going to have a much better time getting there as well. But if on the descent you're looking where you don't want to go, most likely that's where the bike's going to go. So focus and look to where you want to go. Stay relaxed, stay calm, and build up your confidence. Don't avoid descending if you're afraid of it. Don't avoid the pool if you don't like swimming or you, you're not good at it. We need to do the things that we're not good at and we need to do the things that we don't enjoy because those are probably the things that we need the most. And the hill climbing as well. If you can change the meaning that you give hill climbing, maybe you don't like hill climbing because you don't feel like you're very good at it or you don't feel, um, or it hurts so much. If you don't feel you're good at it, how about you look at it, well, this is an opportunity to master something that I haven't mastered yet. This is an opportunity to um, build up my strength knowing that when I do, not only is it gonna feel amazing to conquer something that before I wasn't good at, um, but that strength is gonna lead to speed on the flat. Um, if the meaning you give climbing is, is um, you don't like it because, what was my other thing I just had? Sorry, you don't like it because you're not good at it or you don't like it because it's hard. Well, I tell my athletes when they're racing and my athletes are all on here now that when they're racing, if it's not hurting, they're not having a good day. Because when it hurts, it's mean that you are, it means that you're going fast. It means that you're doing something that is going to impact you in an amazing way. If it hurts, it's gonna make you stronger. If it hurts, it's gonna make you proud. If it hurts, it's taking you to a whole new level. Embrace that suffer because it is through our suffering that we strengthen. And it's through our, yeah, it's when we suffer, we strengthen. And when we get through, when we overcome that pain or we overcome that suffering, we push through, we don't give in, we don't turn around and go back to the bottom of the hill. We are then building up our own confidence and our own belief in ourselves that we can take on things that are hard, that we can do things that we are difficult, that we can suffer. But when we do, we come out the other side stronger than ever before. Um, yes, so Melissa is congratulating everyone. And guys, there have been so many incredible results. I have been told not to focus on the results until the end of this um, because we wanted to focus on answering the questions, but please know that I am so incredibly proud of our entire team and to see everyone out there at Boulder this weekend um, supporting one another. We were getting texts when we were in LA, people telling us how Mary Cartman was doing and how Joe was doing, and it was just incredible, the support that we all give one another. So thank you everyone for being such an incredible part of this team and truly making it feel like the family that it is. We consider all of you our family and when you have personal bests in a race or you have, you know, you achieve something or did something that you've never done before, like that just makes us so happy, so proud and so inspired to keep doing what we're doing. So 
Awesome job, everybody. Um, how about some questions, guys? I know I don't have my glasses on, so if I start squinting, it's not that I'm making funny faces. Um, it's just that I can't really see without my glasses and I don't know where they are. Um, let's see, Mary Carmen, that is one of my biggest learning lessons since I joined the team, learning to be present. And guys, I tell you what, I know sometimes, I hope, I know I talk about life a lot, the way I coach, um, it's all about mind, body, and spirit. And because I truly believe that what you're experiencing in life outside of the sport is absolutely going to impact your performance and your enjoyment of the sport. And your enjoyment of the sport is a really important part of it because your passion, your love for the sport is what gets you out of bed every morning. It's what keeps that hunger, that desire to become better and to become more. So it is super important to take all the things that I'm talking about when it relates to life because if you can be, and it's about, actually, let me take a step back. It's about the standards that we set. If you set your standards super high in every area of your life, it brings your whole energy to a whole new level. And that is literally going to blow the ceilings off and open up every possibility to you. We can't just have high standards with our training and how we show up and give a million percent to our training and how we recover and how we eat. That's awesome and that's going to get you a long way. But if you maintain those same standards and how you treat your family members, how you treat your friends, how you treat your pets, how you give back to the world, how you think about um, what your, your experience in the sport, how, what that is bringing to you, but also what that brings to all those around you, the impact it has on all those around you, being an inspiration to others, being an example, Let's all be an example, not a warning to everyone who knows us in our lives. Let's be an example in every way, not just in the sport. Um, hi, Mark. Mark, I tell you, as we have Mark Siegel on here, um, Mark, the CBD stuff is unbelievable. Really, I have not found relief. Um, I've had bad hips, you guys, for a long time, and that CBD spray and oil and gummies, I truly feel that it is healing me from the inside out. Um, and what I love about it is when you think about, you know, in the Stone Age or whatever, like way back when, with the first beings on this planet, like they healed themselves from the earth. There was no such thing as medicines. There was no such thing as going to the doctor. They healed themselves with medicines and, or, or sorry, with, with the earth. And I feel like the CBD stuff is kind of taking us back to um, healing ourselves naturally. And it's just brilliant. So thank you, Mark, for introducing that to us. It's, it's tru truly changed our lives. We're very grateful. Um, okay, guys, questions. And you're all incredible. And I love also, I want to thank um, Maddie Pesh, Mary Carmen Farias. You guys have, you just give so much to, the, to this club. And I'm so deeply grateful for your posts, your stories that you share. Um, and it's not just our coaches, guys, that you're going to learn from. 
I always say this to my athletes when we're all together at a camp. You're not just here to learn from me or to learn from Beck. You are going to learn from one another. We are all mentors uh, to one another. And again, taking it back to being an example rather than a warning, like be a good example. Share what you know, share your experiences. When we ask you to share on the wall about, you know, the things that you've learned or the experiences that you're having, that's because through each of us, through all of our experiences, we can inspire and teach others um, something new every day. So thank you everybody for your contributions. It's just incredible and your support of one another. It makes us cry. It literally makes us cry. So guys, any questions? If we don't have any questions, I'm gonna leave it with the thought of presence because it's so powerful. Um, Training-wise, um, any questions on training? Happy to answer. Uh, and if you get on this late and you have questions, you can always um, put questions up on the wall and both Beck and I can get back on and, and give you some answers. Um, it's never too late. If you miss the live chat, it's not too late to ask questions. We wanna be able to serve you in every way that we can. So I don't see any questions. So let's see guys, sorry, pointing at, I'm, yeah, pointing at the thing here. Um, I would like to welcome my athletes, um, Megan Newman and who else is on here? Meg Schaefer's on here, Mary Carmen, Troy, Maddie. Uh, you guys are just incredible. I feel so blessed to be your coach. Um, this past weekend, Mary Carmen had another amazing race, third place at Boulder 70.3. I love, I ask my athletes to give me detailed race reports. Um, and by that, it means not just their time on the swim and their time on the bike or the watts they push or anything like that, but what was their experience? How did they show up? What was their energy like before the race? Um, how was the first 100 meters of the swim? What were their challenges throughout the day? What were the victories throughout the day? Uh, what did they learn? What are their takeaways? What are their proudest moments? Um, the more they can share with me, the more as a coach, I can use that information to formulate their plans coming up and be able to build upon uh, the things that were strengthening and to be able to address weaknesses. Um, but the more you can share, the more you can learn. So um, I wanna thank you guys for the incredible feedback that you give me all the time. Um, other racers I had this weekend, Pear and Yvonne Van Blurken both won uh, a big race uh, in their home country and that was awesome. That's two weeks in a row of double wins for them. I couldn't be happier. Monica Iacometti was at Boulder 70.3 as well. She came in fifth, had a really, really tough day, but still managed fifth place getting on the podium. So proud of her. And guys, like you may not have a personal best every race, and you're certainly not gonna have a personal best every time you get out and train. There are victories come, and I posted an article, I hope I put it on the team page, but I know it's on my Siri Lindley Facebook page an article on an athlete who on his worst day um, made me the most proud. 
in how we dealt with the challenges and how we overcame the obstacles. And probably that day gave him more strength and more growth um, and was more of a victory than any great race he had ever had. So if it's not on the team page, on the Team Series Tri Club page, I'll put it there. You can check out my Siri Lindley site to find that article. But you don't always have to have a PB to have an amazing race. An amazing race can be where you overcame something huge, but you found your way through it and you were relentless and you were resilient and you crossed that line regardless. Like a great race can be anything. A great race can be where you learned a lot. A great race can be where you had an amazing time and a great adventure. So always look at what good comes out of a bad day. And also on those amazing days, make sure you celebrate. I consider getting to the start line, training yourself to be on the start line is the ultimate victory. And we are so proud of all of you for that. And crossing that finish line is an even greater victory. Um, Mona Tobias, I know you had an amazing race this weekend. Um, Joseph Matta had an amazing race. Maddie Vela, I know he crashed on the bike at Boulder. I'm so glad that you're okay, Maddie. Um, who else? Mary Carmen, Monica, Pear, Yvonne, God, I, I, and Lindsay won her state championship. A lot of you guys are going off to nationals next weekend. So excited for you all. Um, what an incredible opportunity to see how you measure up against the best in the country. It's always an opportunity. So yes, a big race like that, a championship, we could get all worked up and scared about the fact that it's this big championship race, but guess what? It's the best opportunity to see where you stand and you've got nothing to lose except to absolutely go for it from start to finish. And if, you, if that makes you afraid to think of leaving it all out there and never letting up and never giving in, and that you know it's gonna be hard, you know it's gonna hurt, because when it hurts, it means you're going fast, it means you're having an amazing day, you want it to hurt. But if it scares you to fail, if it scares you to go that hard, no, what if I blow up? You may blow up, but guess what? Give yourself a minute to regain your composure and get right back into it again. You can blow up 10 to 15 times in a race. All you have to do is give yourself even 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, or a minute or two. Regain your composure and get back into it. I want you all to think about that. If you absolutely go for it in your next race and you be fearless, what's the worst thing that can happen? If the worst thing that can happen is you might blow up a few times, ask yourself the question, can I deal with that consequence? Can I deal with the consequence of blowing up a number of times over and over in the race, but potentially have my best race ever? If you can deal with that consequence, and that's the worst thing that can happen, it kind of eases your fear a little bit. Okay, or if the worst thing that happens is, you know, you literally don't get to the finish line because you went so hard. Could you deal with that consequence, knowing that you were testing your limits and went beyond what you thought you were capable of? Maybe you had the swim of your life and the bike of your life, but just didn't have it on the run because you went so hard, but you proved to yourself, my God, I can swim uh, under 25 minutes. For 1500 or oh my god I proved that I can ride under an hour and a quarter for 40k 
So think about what the worst consequence could be of you being absolutely fearless and backing yourself and going for it and trusting in yourself and having faith in your training. Think of the absolute worst consequence that I might add is so highly unlikely to happen. If you can handle that worst possible consequence, then I'd say go for it. It's worth it. Um, but good luck to all of you. Have faith in your training. Have faith in you. Back yourself. Be your own biggest supporter and be present. Because when you are 1 million percent present, you are your most powerful. And we can all choose to be the superheroes of our own lives. Or we can choose to be less than that. But you have each and every one of you, everything inside of you to achieve everything that you dream of. We need to set high standards for ourselves. We need to be fully present in everything that we do so that we are our most powerful. And we need to back ourselves and be our own biggest supporters. And when you try and bag on yourself or get angry with yourself or talk yourself down, I want you to think about if that was your mother or your father, depending if you're male, female, if it, if it was your child or your best friend, in a moment where they were struggling, would you talk to them the way that you're talking to yourself? And if the answer is no, then that's just wrong. You need to love yourself just as much as you love all the people that matter most to you in your life. Because it's you and you. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year of every decade. It's you and you. Be your own biggest supporter. Talk to yourself like you would someone that you love with all your heart. There's no, absolutely no excuse not to. So to all of you, proud of you. I love you. I hope I didn't bore you. I know my beautiful wife is not and she's amazing. Um, but I hope you all... Um, enjoy this live chat and I wish you all the best next weekend I will be with you in spirit any questions you have put them on the wall and we can't wait to answer them take care everybody we love you hey that Cam here again thanks for listening and don't forget if you want to join these chats live you can sign up to the club at www.seemseriousTriClub.com then it'll also get you access to a bunch of other benefits including our online training platform and some great partner discounts.